This is money line. This is money line. This is money line. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 97.5, is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan! What's going on, Jerry? Another beautiful Sunday, one week closer to football season. One week closer to football season, and we're closer to the jams behind the glass. The man rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday at Carlson Radio is where you can find him on Twitter. Andrew! Morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. I came out. Let me go ahead and take the blame for that. I switched mics on my man right before the show started. So if you heard me and uh, sounding far away, no, I'm here in Houston and I'm I'm playing tricks on my man, Andrew. But we're in studio now. Let's get this thing popping. There's been a lot of news going on, so we'll be getting into that. The Fantasy Football League entries, we'll be taking those as this show as well. We're getting close, Josh. We're getting really close, and I've been getting... a. A lot of tweets. A lot of people want to be. A lot of people that were in the leagues last year, they went back in this year. They want another chance at some of that hardware. If you were in the leagues last year, feel free to hit us up. We'd be glad to take you again. Also, if you were out of town, we're going to try to get a a league strictly online for people that were out of town. I know our guy Ricky Wilson won last year, and he's real interested in getting it going again. the plan this year is we will have a lot of live drafts, a few of them, and then hopefully we can get an online one as well, and that'll be for our listeners outside of Houston. So if you're out there and, and you're wondering, like, man, I went in on the fun. I'm not going to be there to draft with you guys. Don't worry. We have a spot for you as well. So if you're listening on the app, if you're one of the bookie busters out there, if you're listening from wherever you are, I know we even have some overseas guys that have yeah. hit us up. Hey, hit us up. You're you're welcome to play. At Moneyline97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter, 713-780-3776. If you don't want to speak to us, go ahead and text us because we'll be reading those as well. No doubt about it. And you can watch us on Twitch, ESPN97.5.com or the Twitch app, however you want to do it. I've had a lot of people reach out to me telling me they're watching this show on Twitch. So that's pretty cool. What's up, guys? Well, I guess... We just jump right into football, right off the top, yeah. right? Because big news this week. Yeah, news that has a season-long implications, not just gambling, just in, in fantasy as well. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He's off the hook. This is huge. And there's rumors, too, that he might be seeing a contract extension coming now that you know the suspension stuff is in the rearview mirror, which is big. I mean, he was fantastic last year. I mean, he was he was the number one receiver in my league. And I think most leagues, the reason why I say my league, I qualify that we also include uh, kick return points in our league. So he also chips in that way as well. So, I mean, that's big. You're having, you know, at least he'll be probably a top three receiver, depending on how your rankings stack up. He's back in the mix. And boy, I, I got to think Sammy Watkins probably going to take the most, 
you know, fall down draft boards, right? Now that we know Tyree Kill is going to be there for the whole season. Now, we always talk about how it's it could go against you drafting too early, but those people that were drafting these best balls and whatnot, and supposedly he was going all the way in the fourth round. Yeah, fourth round, that's about where it was. Fourth round, and Miko Hardman had moved up to, to draftable in many boards as one of them flyers, and now all of a sudden, where does Tyree Kill go now? He's got to be... Second round pick? Because not just in your league, in standardized scoring, non-PPR, he was the wide receiver one last year. 2017 in standardized scoring, wide receiver eight. It's 2016 PPR, wide receiver 18. He is deadly. Oh, I mean, he's so fast. And we know Patrick Mahomes in that offense is going to be electric. So, I mean, this is a big deal. It's also big for Kelsey because that's going to keep some attention off of him. Damian Williams, this means a lot for him too. They, they get their full complement receivers back this is big for all those guys so if you had any worries about the chiefs you don't have to worry about that anymore those big guys you're just going to want kelsey you're going to want tyree kill i think damian williams is a guy that man even the third round now you saw him go in the first round of a draft which is crazy and a big draft yeah. that this wasn't no 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 elementary type stuff this was some of the biggest guys in the industry and he went sixth what do you guys think about that that's that crazy but look the upside is right because of the offense the system he plays in if you look at his numbers how he finished last year after he got the job and if you project those to this year yeah i mean he's he should be projected to be a top five running back here's the problem he hasn't really been able to stay healthy earlier in his career when he was with Miami. He got a shot with Miami and he got hurt. So I think that's where you, you just worry about, is he going to be healthy? But, hey, you can take Carlos Hyde in the, maybe the seventh, eighth round, lock up that backfield. You should be good to go. What's crazy is target-wise target he had 137, which is only 12 people in the league, 12 players had more targets than him. One of them on his team, Kelsey. It's amazing, right? But it's that offense. I mean – Tyreek Hill is going to be big this year. I think don't worry about it. Go ahead and take him in the second round. He's a difference maker. I mean, he might even end up at the back end of the first round because you're seeing guys like Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins going in the first round. So it's not crazy to think maybe take Tyreek Hill now that you don't have to worry about the suspension. This is uh, to both of you guys here. So how special do you think the Chiefs will be this year? Because that offense last year, right, 35.3 points per game, the third highest mark since the Super Bowl era, the only other teams – the 2007 Patriots, they averaged 36 points per game. And the Ooh. 2013 Broncos, 37.9 points per game. I think we sometimes forget about how great those teams really were. But what's the drop-off? What's a significant drop-off? Or, or what what would be still qualified as a, a successful year, like say also for Mahomes, for all of them in general? Because last year was spectacular. I like to look at after you were just talking about one of those years with the Broncos, the year after Peyton Manning had that 50 touchdown year, you know, he, he saw some regression, but he was still a top five quarterback. I think, I think the touchdowns ended up around 40 instead of around 50. So I think we could see a drop off like that with Patrick Mahomes to where maybe he throws 39 or 40 touchdowns this year, but that's still going to have him as, you know, a, a top three quarterback. Josh and I are on the exact same page. There's going to be some regression because no matter how fantastic you are, and the Chiefs were fantastic last year, there's no mistake about it, things have to go right for you to be as good on offense as you were last year. And that's just that's just the facts. And so there's going to be some regression of that. But to me, I can still see them putting up 30-odd points per game. I don't think they're going to be over 35, 36 like they were last year. But I can still see them in that 30-point-per-game range. Mahomes in the 
high 30s, low 40s in the touchdowns. I, their, their offense is still going to be fantastic. You know, I, and I agree with you guys as well. There'll be a little drop-off, but what's considered a drop-off? His drop-off is still somebody else's best. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, But something that I will go on the limb saying is, and, and not because we're in Houston, but I'll put my name on it now. We haven't even started that segment. It's not football season, but Deshaun Watson will end this season with more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes. Put that down. You're not the only person saying that. There's a lot of people that believe Deshaun's going to take a big step forward this year. And we were talking before the show, so we'll just get into it. Will Fuller expected to be ready for week one. And we did a sports map video talking about the Texans offense with Joel Blank. So I did a little research and you probably wouldn't think this, but Will Fuller, if you would have, if you just kind of projected out his numbers for the rest of the season, he would have ended up with like 1,150 yards and like nine touchdowns. Wow. I mean, just think about that. I mean, and that's it, a big year for him. It's terrible that we can't string that together sometimes because yeah. of the injuries. But like you said, if you take the whole sample size, it, he's. He's a weapon. Yes, and that's with Hopkins and what he's already doing as one of the best receivers in the league. And then Kiki QT, when, when he really got going, he had more targets per game than Hopkins did. So I think if all three of these guys can stay healthy, I mean, they drafted for offensive line. They should be at least a little bit better. I'm, I'm really bullish on the Texans, man. Pardon the pun. But, man, their offense, they're going to be good. <laughs> oh, man. I Dad joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, also another thing that leads me to believe that Watson will be in a favorable position whenever you try to predict how the game goes, game script, right? Last year, the Texans, we knew going into the season that they had one of the easiest schedules in football. This year, it's the ex- exact opposite, yeah. right? A lot of people are saying they have the toughest. So if you have the, a tougher schedule, game script would tell you that they're going to have closer games. And in closer games, that would tell you that he's going to have to throw up more stats. And if you look at his splits, it tells you, it tells you just that. And not just a little bit. Of course, people say, yeah, when your quarterback's trailing, Jerry, it's I mean, it's chasing it's, points, it's, yeah, yeah. chasing points. He should be better, but he's better significantly on, on yards per play on, on, on percentages, every single thing. And also his running, he runs that much more when they're down his run to pass ratio, because he has to extend plays. A lot of people say, man, I, if you have a regular quarterback out there and a traditional quarterback, let's call him, uh, whenever the play breaks down, you want him to get rid of it, right? You sure. just, but whenever a play breaks down for Watson, that's when he becomes special. Sometimes don't get me wrong. It hurts, but that's what makes him special. And you're willing to the trade off is you saw after the Dallas game, whenever he started, when he got hurt, remember that, that he, he started trying to take hits a little different. And that's why I admire Russell Wilson's game so much because he gets out there and scrambles and, and you hardly ever see him take a big hit. Yep. He's good at that. Watson will learn. And you saw him learn real quick after that. Like, man, I can't go up there and take that. Remember that? That, yeah. that was a bang, bang play. And you, you went thinking of leaving that game. Like, I don't want to ever see that again, please. No. And that wasn't – we can't blame that one on the offensive line, right? You know, that was Deshaun running. He's got to protect himself in those situations. And like I said, point differential when they're ahead, a 96.7 rating. When they're behind, 107.7.2 rating as a quarterback. He's just he averages a 1.5 more yards. He's just a different quarterback. Uh, Again, the the game script tells you that, but he doesn't fold in those situations. He thrives in it, and I'm excited to see it again. If you're telling me that. The schedule's going to be tougher. There's going to be closer games. They might be losing a lot of some of these games. I'm, I'll take my chances drafting Watson two, three rounds after Mahomes. 
I'm fine with that, too. And look, I think they're playing a lot of good quarterbacks this year, right? I mean, we're starting out against Drew Brees. I know they have Cam and, and Matt Ryan pretty quick after that. I believe they play Jacksonville uh, week two. Nick Foles will be better. So, And then they play Phillip Rivers pretty early in the year, too. So these should be some high-scoring games. I think they'll be chasing some points. And the secondary, they got a lot of new guys and they got a lot of rookies. So the Texans, they're probably going to struggle against the pass a little bit, at least to start the season. So they'll be chasing points. I think Jerry's right. Arrow points up. Money points up for this show because I got a, man, I got a big bet to drop here today. I dropped one yesterday. Again, call me out. I I dropped the Thurman bet yesterday. I had Thurman. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I don't know what. Manny Pacquiao's eating, but that man did not look 40 last night. We'll get <laughs> we know into, what he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into a little bit of that. We'll get into, we're going to be giving away wolf tickets this show. Wolf tickets, we'll say the caller later on, what caller number, but if you want to win wolf tickets, this is your chance. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. I need your energy. I need your energy. This You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN975. On ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we need your energy on a Sunday morning. We got to do this together. I got a banker, banker in my pocket. Five unit max play. It goes off a little bit later this afternoon. Speaking of the afternoon, I got a big poker tournament. I need your energy, guys, because your man made it to the final. About 65, 70 people I'm predicting today, maybe a little bit more. We're playing for a $25,000 guarantee. Oh, yeah. Well, I think of it. Let me give my man a shout-out. Ah, and you're listening. I know you're listening out there. Quick little poker talk. So, uh, yeah, it's a rebuy. So, again, whenever you play these tournaments, we had a sports mat video. Go back if you want to uh, check that out. Back, It was uh, Fred, Josh, and I. Uh, we did a sportsman video about the difference about how do you play rebuy tournaments to freeze outs. Right. In a rebuy, you got to try to uh, collect chips. You know what I mean? If you're telling me that I got a chance to rebuy in a tournament and, and start back at where, I, you know, get the starting amount of chips, then I'm going to do that. So uh, I went in there knowing that, hey, I got a pocket full of cash and I'm going to keep rebuying until I accumulate as, money, as many chips as I can. So the guy that, I, uh, that I'm talking about here, a few hands before that, there was a four-way all-in, and, you know, I looked down, I got ace-jack, and I know for a fact that that's not the best hand at the moment, but if I have a chance to rebuy and four people are in that hand, that's my chance to get times four for me to have a big old stack. So I call, and he flips over aces, and he ends up winning it, so he has a big stack. And with all due respect, man, out there, but I got to talk how it is. I believe I'm a much better player than you, so I told myself I'm going to keep rebuying on this table until until that guy leaves. I'm going to rebuy until he has no chips, and that's exactly what the very next hand I got a Jack Deuce offsuit. He went all in. I said, I call. Like, I got more money in my pocket. I know I'm behind. I'm going to keep calling. I'm going to be a problem here. Eventually, I became a problem. <laughs> I got chips, and we started dominating. You start off with 15000 I started accumulating, so I was around that seventy-five, eighty. They moved me. They moved me tables. I go to another table. Now I have the image that 
because I left that other image like, man, that was a wild dude. He just calls whatever. So now you go to another table. What do you do? You have a different image, right? Sure. So on that image, I come in and I'm a little tighter and I'm, I'm, I'm stealing blinds left and right. Boom, raising, everyone's folding. And the blinds are so big at that time because everyone wants to make it to the final. So, boom, we make it to the final table. It's 10 of us. Nine of us advance to Sunday. So, you know, one person's got to go out. I get the chip, the, the dealer chip. Everyone folds. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, let me just steal the blinds again. I look down. I got a 3-8 offsuit, which is garbage. So, I raised it. Pretty substantial amount. Small blind calls me. The guy that I'm talking about right now, big blind folds. Flop comes out three three jack. <laughs> I mean, I feel I feel I feel bad because the man the man was like fifty thousand and that was more than half or pretty much half his chips. I pop them all in. He calls Jack King. He has ends it and he looks at me like thinking, how in the world do you raise with a three eight? Again, guys, poker is uh, a use that the position where that chip. Where that dealer chip is. Know that everyone, nobody wants to be that bubble guy. Nobody wants to be the guy that goes out one spot before the final table. So if you have chips and everyone else folds to you and you can make a move, boom, you made the move, he calls. Now, why didn't he go all in? I raise, he goes all in, I fold 3-8, we move on to the next hand. So again, you have to think of your spots. Don't be scared because you're one, at that point you have to, you have to put, make a move. You can't let me button raise you and you call and then the jack comes out. At that point, you're stuck. There's no way he's going to get out of it. But I told him, hey, man, I'm going to talk about this hand on the show, so I'm going to give you a shout out. I'll probably see you again today. I don't know if you made the final um, on another day or if you qualified, but uh, I'll be there and I appreciate the chips. Man, a little bit of knowledge there. It's funny, man, just hearing that you play poker kind of the way you handicap. You know, it's all about motivation for you and – that's how you kind of see these things coming. Like, you know, nobody wanted to, you know, get off the last table, so people are going to play a little tight, and you took advantage of that. And that, and and you got you have to look at it that way. Don't get me wrong. If I was shorter on on chips, I'd be looking at it that way as well. But again, man, poker is uh, is the game that you don't have to have the best cards. You don't. Yeah. You don't have to. You you can your cards. You can make cards whatever you want them to say until that river comes and the and the dealer says, "All right, turn them over." They don't know. So if you're listening out there and we're going at it today at 2 o'clock, I promise you I'm bringing, I'm bringing hell with me. Man, that's big. And it looks like a, a lot of these poker places should be good to go. I think some news broke uh, this past week, and it looks like they're going to be back in business. So that's, that's pretty awesome for everybody that likes to get out and play some cards. I can't wait. Um, what do you want to jump into here? Some more football? Why not, man? That's what we do. We're getting close. What are we, like eight Sundays away, something like that? Seven or eight Sundays away from the regular season, man. It's, we're going to have preseason games here pretty quick. Well, I say that because training camp starts this week. Ooh, man, I'm ready. Let's get fired up. The Texans start training camp Thursday. You yeah. going to be there? No, I mean, I'll be up here working, or man. Or this weekend, let's say. Better yet, I'm sorry. This is a busy man. He, I can't just say, hey, let's go out here and watch some football practices. If you don't know about Josh, he, he runs all the social media here on both sides as, as and on top of him having to help run sports maps. So uh, just a big shout-out to you for all the hard work you do here, man. And I'm just so excited about this training. Not excited about the heat, though. No, you're going to melt your face off out there. I, I put in plenty of training camps, man, and it – it's legit. It's I'm gonna, hot. I'm going to turn purple. Like, you know how some people, like like lighter-skinned people, you know, Caucasians, you know, you, uh, light-skinned Hispanics, uh, you know, you get a sunburn. 
Me, I wish because me, if I get some, I don't get sunburn. I get purple. Literally, I'm like, man, what is this? Like, all you'll see is my eyes. I don't like it one bit. I understand. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be fun. We were talking about how exciting the Texans' offense is going to be. It'll be fun to to take a look at it, see how it see how it's shaping up, man. Because I've heard some rumors that you know Deshaun maybe didn't look as good as he could have earlier uh, during a. What was it, OTAs or whatever? So we'll see if, if you know he gets in the swing of things. I'm fully confident he will. I think Deshaun's going to have a big year. Me as well. Like I said, I, I put my name on it. He'll, have, he'll be the leading scorer of all quarterbacks this season. Let's go over to the HRP listener line. We got a poker talk. Let's, let, I love it. Let's get to David. What's going on, David? You're on Moneyline. Hey, thanks. You're one of those people like what, what you were talking about with that guy and he kept rebuying in. Yeah. Why does that make you a better player when you keep rebuying in? Because I'm playing within the parameters, man. If if they're telling me that it's a rebuy, if you if, why not play a freeze up? You know what I mean? If that's what you like, if you know, hey, I'm playing within the rules, right? They didn't say, hey, this is a rebuy, right. but but you but, but you bring one, but you bring one buy in. What makes you think that you're a better player than me if you play whole, uh, freeze outs or if you don't rebuy? Because if you keep rebuying, that means you're not a better player. And you're having to rebuy. In what world does that exist? If in a rebuy, do you play the same range of hands? You're that guy that plays ace kings, kings and queens the whole time, and then whenever I wake up with that seven eight and bust you, you walk off, man. I live off of people like you. You know what I mean? That's I, and I tell it like that, man. I live off of people that play poker like you that say, man, why do you rebuy? In a rebuy tournament, because it's a rebuy tournament, man. So you go there, you're that guy that goes to a $100 rebuy tournament with one buy-in, and then you don't even add on. Okay, so in a rebuy tournament, let me ask you this. So in a rebuy tournament, let's say that you bought in, you you yourself bought in for 100 and then when it comes to the add-ons, you're a guy that add-ons, or, or you don't do the add-on either? I, I don't like rebuys. Yeah, man. Because if you have bad where you lose your money the first time, you shouldn't get a second shot. Like, you a loose player. I'm a tight player. And I only play with pairs of numbers or two face cards. Man, I've made that's a, all I play with. I'm going to invite you out and you mean you're going to play. Anything. We, like, you and I are going to play heads up. That, you're that irritating player that will get seven, eight off suit, like you said, for example, and catch two eights on the flop. Yeah, because you let me. But that's not a good poker player. So what makes a good poker player? Because you, look, look, a good poker player is a player that can, no, 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 stop. Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you what a good poker player is. A good poker player is one that could play any hand, right? You, I make my hands. You, you play good cards. You have to have a good hand to play. I could play any hand, and that makes me a good poker player. You have to have good cards to be able to win. I don't have that problem. Good day, sir. Now, anybody, I tell people, it's not, it's not anything else to do other than come to bust me. I'll tell you all week long where I play. And if you bring that mentality of where I only play pairs and ace-king, I told you before he even said that, I said, I know exactly what kind of guy you are. You sit there and you wait for aces, kings, queens, ace-king, and, and that's all you're playing. So I'm going to sit there and dominate you. You are in big trouble. If you, I've made a living off of guys like that. I told you the other day, I make a relationship at the table. I sit down and... I know I, I paint a family, a picture of family. There's eight other dudes on the table, and I'm like, okay, he's my friend. He's my friend. He's my friend that's got tight pockets. Everyone's got that one friend that's got tight pockets. When you get to the bar, he don't want to buy drinks. He's like, man, I'm going to have one. cool. And I'm not talking mess on him. That's cool. 
We all have that one friend that's frugal with money, and he's just like, hey, I got this round, and I got another round of shots. I point him out, and then I point all the rest of them out. Okay, that guy's playing with Social Security income. That guy's playing with his wife just called him, and he's not even supposed to be out over four hours. And that guy right here, he's just here at the casino drinking. He's, he'd rather be over there spinning slots. He just said, oh, hell, there's poker and there's a tournament? I like it to play the poker, and he sits down, and then I bust his ass too. Welcome to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Now listen to all your favorite shows on the Amazon Echo. Oh, sweet, dude. Just say, Alexa, open ESPN 97.5. Now playing ESPN 97.5. So I think back in the day when bras used to diss. Now I'm coming up in them shops getting kissed. A real player, because I'm crawling down slow. Come up in the game just to let everybody know. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776, where we talk all types of gambling, all types of fantasy football. We talk poker. If you want to talk poker, if you want to talk about my rebuy game, 713-780-3776, the lines are open. Feel free to don't think that that last talk was anything bad. Hey, that's just uh, it's just some good poker talk. He wanted the smoke. I got to give it to him. If he wants to come prove himself, find me on the table. I'll be playing all over the Houston area. It's easy to find me. I guarantee you it won't be easy to take me. No doubt about it. And uh, you have a little bravado there, right? You got you to gotta do it with some swag. And, you know, another guy that's got some swag that we should talk about, Baker Mayfield. Cool. Like, man, he's he just oozes with that confidence. A little later in the show, this is a little bit of a tease, we're going to hit that whole division, the AFC North. We're going to talk about a lot of the different players, what we kind of expect from fantasy, from gambling angle. So we're going to break that down. We did uh, the AFC West last week, and we weren't really sure what was going to happen with Tyree Kill. But now that we know he's playing, man, everything points to up with that Kansas City offense. And the other thing to keep in mind is their defense isn't going to be very good. So I think they're going to be chasing a lot of points, too. And uh, so anyway, back to Baker. Did you see this thing where he was convinced that the Patriots were going to draft him to uh, succeed Tom Brady? They thought he thought they were going to trade up to the number two pick in the whole draft and trade for him. Like that is some confidence in yourself. You think the team that has Tom Brady and he's still playing at a high level, you think they're going to trade all the way up to the number two overall pick and draft you? Man, that is some that's some swagger right there. Now, confidence is what you look for in a quarterback, right? But there's a thin line between confidence and, I guess, cockiness, yeah. right? So what, what is there to say about Mayfield still talking about Hugh Jackson and yeah. wanting to get revenge? Why won't he let that go? I, I don't get it. But, I mean, look, I do. You know, like Michael Jordan, <laughs> we listened to his Hall of Fame ex- acceptance speech. Like, these guys take it personally – for their whole career and maybe that's what makes them great but I don't know I'm wondering with Baker like there's a lot of a lot of talk about how good they're going to be this year and typically you see a lot of sophomore slumps with a lot of players you know not just quarterbacks other positions as well I'm curious it will get into this a little deeper in the show when we break down that division but yeah he's a guy I'm not really sure about you know it's 
and I'm like this in fantasy football too. When somebody has a really good first year, I'm very reluctant to take them with a high pick their second year because, you know, even Zeke Elliott, like after his great first year, he didn't have a great second year. Now, a lot of that was because of the suspension, but it still happened. Leonard Fournette, remember how hard I pushed him last year? Your man. And he killed me. So, you know, that makes me worry about some of these second year guys. I'm kind of wondering about Baker and I'm kind of wondering about. You know, Saquon Barkley, the, the talent is amazing, but you just kind of, for some reason, those second years, a lot of guys struggle. Fake is what he's been on book. Uh, he said, you know what I mean? Fake is what he thinks Hugh Jackson is because I guess that he stood up the week before them and said he was doing everything he could for the team. And then we know what happened. Yeah. Hugh was gone, eventually on the opposite sideline. But I think. I, what is he gaining from this? What is he gaining from going out and saying that Odell Beckham's finally going to have some real fans? Yeah, and all the stuff with him and Colin Cowherd. Have you seen all that, man? Like, they have been going back and forth. That, that's a lot, of, a lot of non-football stuff. That worries me a little bit, you know? Who has a, if you had to say right now, who has a stronger football fan base? Would it be the Giants or would it be uh, the Cleveland Browns? But for him to say that. Man, uh, you got to... I mean, it's New York, you know, it's New York. Come on. I know they're not too excited because they haven't been very good for a while, but they love them some Eli beating the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. They're going to have that for the rest of their lives, those two Super Bowls. So, you know, we kind of look at Eli and, you know, we don't have that same perception of him as New York fans. They know he's on the, the backside and he's not playing that well, but they appreciate what he did for them. Mayfield spoke about Odell Beckham and he said he's here to work. And he wants to be surrounded by people who love and support him and allow him, allow him to be himself. He's here to play f- in front of fans who actually care, who actually will show up every game and pack the stadium and love him for who he is. Wow. Yeah. I, man, Baker wants that smoke, man, for, from all sides. And maybe that's what drives him. And not know? to take anything away from the dog pound because it's tough to yeah. be a Cleveland Browns yeah. fan. But, everything they've been through and they still show up to the, but don't poke the big bear. Not to say that the giant, but again, it's New York. It, it is. It's, it's New York. I mean, the media market doesn't get any bigger. You're under a lot more pressure in New York to perform than you are in Cleveland. That's for sure. And another guy that you mentioned a second ago, as far as maybe declining, we see that Ezekiel Elliott might hold out. He wants his new contract. What does that mean to you? It means he knows that they probably intend on treating him like DeMarco Murray and just letting him that rookie deal run out, ride him into the ground, and then let him walk. And, you know, the thing about Elliott, man, is he's still really young. He's 23. So, I mean, and it looks like uh, he'll have a birthday on the 22nd. But, uh, look, it's smart. Hold out now. The Cowboys have a good chance of having a, a pretty big year. We kind of talked about it. We think they're have a great shot of winning the division. He knows that this is the window where, where he can capitalize and try and get some money. And for me though, it's fantasy football related, right? Like what does this mean, you know, for fantasy football? If he holds out, how far do you drop him? You know, we saw Le'Veon Bell, what he did. Now guys are seeing that, Hey, maybe that, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll force their hand. I will sit out to get my money. And if that happens, First thing I think of is injuries, right? Even when these guys come back, if they miss training camp and you know they're not practicing, they almost always pull a hamstring. So if, even if Elliott comes back for week one and he actually does hold out, be careful, man. 
they usually hurt themselves when they do that. Stephen Jones told PFT back in May, we certainly want to get it done. He's the straw, if you will, that stirs our drink. He's a part of what we're about. Those things take time to get done, though. They don't happen overnight. Certainly, he's a priority in terms of ultimately getting to him signed. There hasn't really been any timetable put on this. The timetable is now, though. It's set. They need it to be done. They do, but, I mean, he's still under team control for a long time. And then you have to think, do you want to, as a team, set the precedent that guys can come in and and threaten to hold out when they still have multiple years left on their contracts? That's one of the reasons that they took a running back with that high of a pick, because they knew that they could control him and his salary for that amount of years, you know, the five years, whatever it is, and then they can just move on. So, you know, that, that is a strategy that they use. You see it, you know, with the Steelers. You know, they kind of did that with Le'Veon Bell. They didn't want to give him a long-term contract. So these running backs are figuring it out like, man, you know, maybe I'll take the leverage and I'll threaten to hold out early. You know, it's kind of interesting. We're seeing in the NBA how guys are forcing their way out of town. Sports is really kind of changing with the way these guys are, are using their leverage. So when does the drop-off happen for running backs? Because we hear the phrase, running backs' legs get old quick. They do. So let's talk about the last 12 years with running backs, 50 or more touches. That leaves about 937 different backs. At age 21, 12%, that's 25 player sample, 21-year-old, 12% of the time they finish in the top five, okay, as, as running backs. At 22, it drops down to six. At 23, six. Better yet said, it's, it's pretty on, evil ter- uh, on even terms all the way to their 28 years old. The drop-off from a top five finish at 28 years old, which is 8.75. So 28 years old of age running backs, they finish in the top five for the position 8.75% of the time. 29 years old. 1.5. The drop-off after that 28-year-old, that 29, that 30, that 31. Once you get to 33 and 34, there's never been a 33 or 34-year-old to end up as a top-five running back for the season. So, and better, better, better yet put, let me put it in, in easier terms, 21-year-old, when they're young, the running back's legs are fresh. The, the ceiling is as high as can be. They, they very well finish top-five most of the time. Stays pretty even all the way to 28. Once you get to 29, big drop off for running backs. Now, in fantasy football terms, we use RB1, RB2. In 12-man leagues, that's the top 12. You know what I mean? RB2 would be considered the top 24. 21-year-olds, 21-year-olds, years of age, I'm sorry, 16% of the time, you see the same thing. It's all the way even to about 28 years old. At 28, it was 21% of the time they finished as an RB1. When you drop to 29, 11% of the time. So the big drop-off, 28-year-old, that's the, the sweet spot, let's say. And that shows you that's the formula for these teams, right? Most of these guys come out of college, and they're around 21, 22 years old. You have a five-year contract with them as a rookie. And then once they're done with their contract, they're at about that age, 27, 28, where the drop-off happens. So... Teams have figured that out. You know, we'll just well he'll play it out his first his first deal with us five years, and then we move on. And if you look at the outliers, people like D'Angelo Williams in 2015, Ricky Williams in 2009, Frank Gore 2015, LaShawn McCoy in 2017, some guys that have been able to to put up numbers at the age of 30. You yeah. Know, but 
Let's see who's in that range of 28 right now. And this also goes for dynasty people, right? Because yeah. if you own one of these guys, right now is maybe the time you want to unload. But if you look at 28-year-old David Johnson, right there in that prime. Houston's Lamar Miller, 28. Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde, people like that. They're right around that where this is the last you're going to get to them. The cow's running out of milk. Yeah, no, and the numbers back it up. It is the case. And with David Johnson, you're already seeing the injuries starting to pile up with him. So, I mean, the last few years he's been banged up. So we'll see what he does this year in that new system, you know, with Kingsbury. You know, we'll see if, if he can bounce back and have a good year. But in Dynasty, yeah, you got to be thinking about time to move on with these guys. It, it happens quick. Remember with LaDainian Tomlinson right around 30, he just fell off a cliff. It, it, it happens. It, it just happens. So, you always want to trend young in fantasy football. That is the way to go. Take that upside. Always go for the upside. If you guys had the power in Dallas, would you make it a priority to sign, give Zeke what he's looking for before the season, or are you waiting on? Man, it depends on if he forces my hand and holds out. If But me, I, I would try and just make him play out that rookie deal and then move on. It's just the, it's the smart way to handle running backs. With the stuff that's happened in the offseason, not to say that it's been serious or very serious at any point, but if you're consistently getting into little things every offseason, yep. that's got to give you pause on giving someone a long-term contract. Play out the rookie deal. If he's on his best behavior throughout the entirety of the last year, talk about an extension. Otherwise, let him go. And, and that's another point. Great point you make there. Off-field stuff. It'd be different if you... The student that, that has a conduct goes up there and asks for privileges. Yeah. But what makes Le'Veon Belts, what makes Zeke Elliott, people that have D-minus conduct outside of the classroom, what makes them, they're pushing Fs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every offseason, you're worried. What makes them have the ability to say, hey, I deserve I deserve a, a, a boost, right? He just went and met with the commissioner, you know, about that deal with the security guard. And then they decide not to suspend him, and then he's asking for more money. He's the threatening to hold, of these yeah, guys. Threatening to hold out. Notice the timing of, of that was right around each other. And you right? see with Tyree Kill, all of a sudden yep. now it's like, I told y'all, I told y'all I was innocent. How about that paper, though? Man, Zeke's got to be upset, right? Seeing Tyree Kill get no games, and, and he got suspended for maybe something not even as bad. What does this do going forward for 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 stuff that comes this year? What is that going to do because we know how 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 tricky domestic abuse can be and again, I can't be one of these guys that say how do I word this? He wasn't convicted of anything Hill, so I can't say man, he's guilty of this, but right. the things he said, we know who he is somewhat, right? And this yes. isn't his first time. No, he's not a good dude. You know, I, I just don't believe that. And I saw on Pro Football Talk what they think is happening is that the league is suspending guys less. And it's all about trying to get the, the TV money. They, they want the image to be good. So unless there's proof it's on camera, you know, something like that, they're kind of shying away from suspending guys. Not a good dude. That is something that belongs to someone in the UFC as well. And he fought last night. Wolf tickets. We're giving them out next segment. You listen to Moneyline, ESP 975. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Nobody. 
Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is the jam on Twitter. Find us on Twitch. At Podcast Arena is where you can find the uh, podcast right after the show in case you miss any of the bets, in case you miss any of the laughs. We've got a lot of people going to church right now. They say, hey, I listen to the first hour. When I get out, I catch the second while I'm doing yard work. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. We can only be as big as you guys help us be. So, again, if you want to join the league, 713-780-3776. We'd be glad to take you in the Moneyline Fantasy Football League. Yes, and it, nothing is confirmed yet, but there might be one of these leagues where we go out and draft with some listeners and maybe, you know, give some tips, kind of, you know, give some guys some pointers on the draft. We play in that league with them. We we might have one more of these happening than we even thought. So it may be more than the three or four leagues. It might be five. The details have not been lined up yet. So it's not confirmed. Some secret, secret yes, stuff going some on. Stuff here. that we're working on behind the scenes, but. You might have some opportunities to see us on Sundays, you know, when the Texans get started. We might be out and about around the town, you know, come drink a beer with Jerry and Josh. It'll be fun. So we're still working on that. Also, he was talking about following at Moneyline975, also at ESPN975. That's We need to get our Twitter followers up, guys. That's a lot of the sports map content comes through there. It's a good follow at ESPN 97.5. We have a lot of people out of town listening on the app as well. So, yes. yeah, go ahead and follow that. We have a lot of good programming here, and we're glad to have you uh, along for the season because once football gets here, this is a whole different show. Right now it's yeah. a little laid back. We, t- we try to hit as much as we can we're going up to training camps. We'll, we'll have that AFC North preview later on. But for right now, we're just trying to get all our, our ducks in a row and trying to see how we attack it. Uh, on this last Bookie Busters, I wrote a you know a quick paragraph, but this is where you line up your attack. You don't knowing who wins the football game is only seventy percent of the equation. Yep. Knowing how you're going to bet it, knowing when to bet it, knowing if there's value, knowing to wait, knowing to bet it in the beginning of the week, knowing to wait if you may maybe, maybe get a number at halftime. All that is the other the the other equation, uh, the part of the equation, the bankroll management aspect. You can hit. 70% of your games at betting at one amount and then lose the other three uh, at, at a bigger amounts and your bankroll management never worked out. And it happens to me a lot. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, just a, it's just a part of the game. And a lot of people, they throw up the 53% and have to know, having to win. That's flat bettors. That's people that bet the same exact amount every single game, which that works for a lot of people to, 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 to all power to you. You know what I mean? But to me, it's hard going up there sometimes and, and, and betting a game at the same amount whenever I feel a little more confident, right? And what's more frustrating than when you saw an angle on a game, you bet it, you, it paid off right away, and then you're like, man, I should have bet more. You know, I, I believed in this, but I didn't believe enough to put more of my money down. That's frustrating. It's picking your spots is big. Some of us use the term action. Like, I mean, I'm just looking for action. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here. I'll place a bet. I'm just looking for action. Now, whenever you place those big bets, that's when you're really looking to make your money. Again, though, sometimes all that action, it sets you back because you wanted action four or five times before uh, during the noon games. Let's say you wanted action four or five games just because you wanted to get your fingers in there. You wanted to, you wanted to dabble on, on some halftime lines, and then all of a sudden now you're down. 
and now you're going to the to the three o'clock game that you did have a, a big bet on, and now you're chasing. So now instead of betting what you were originally originally gonna bet, now you're thinking, man, this isn't gonna bring me out of what I lost. Yep. So I gotta bet a little bit more. And now that bet loses, and then now you're in a big trouble. And now you're coming up to Sunday night football, and you're just thinking, man, there ain't no way the home team loses today, right? <laughs> and so then you're thinking, I'm not as well just dump this out because if you're playing with a local, I gotta see him on Monday. He's gonna collect and. I might not even have this. Yep. I gotta, I gotta make a move, and then now you are in trouble. And you don't want to be in that spot when you're chasing Sunday night. A football, friend told me Monday about night. all this. Yeah, yeah. This isn't from any kind of experience. Sure. A friend told a friend. me strictly about all this. <laughs> of course, of course. No, I mean that's when you're in trouble right there. So, and we all face that, right? You you lose one, and then. You know, the next game, you want to make that up. And then you have that battle with yourself, right? Where you're like, I know this is not the right move. If I don't feel this good about this game, I shouldn't be paying extra here to try and get my money back. But it's tempting, right? Yeah, I know it is. And this is tempting as well here. First ever uh, Wolf Ticket segment here. That's the sound of wolves. And we were sold Wolf Tickets this weekend. This is the first ever edition of it. I have to be, I have to be careful here. The way I'm gonna, I have to word this because if it wasn't someone uh, Houston, Houston related, someone that puts Houston on their back, then I'd, I'd go all out. You know what I mean? But it does have to be talked about. Whenever I lose and whenever I mess up, hey, people, people get on me. This is, this is the, the industry we live in, right? Sure. So UFC went down yesterday in San Antonio last night. Uh, Greg Hardy, Juan Adams. Houston's one Adams, friend of the station. Yeah. So again, I say everything. I, I got white gloves on one. If you ever hear this, don't 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 hate me again. But it has to be talked about, man. The build up to this fight, I think a lot has to do with more of wishful thinking from from us as far as just fans, not even of just fighting, of just not even to say fans of people, because we know what the we know the image that Greg Hardy carries right we know the troubles that he's been in we've we've heard audios we know okay so once he made his move to martial mixed martial arts it was like yeah. what is going on here is this a most more of a promotional thing so then whenever you see greg hardy fight you say yeah th- this gotta be a promotional thing because the guy is sloppy <laughs> not this fight but the one previous to one adams they put him in there against a guy that didn't even swing and big old guy. I don't even know how that guy was in the UFC. So right now you can see what Dana White's doing. Sure. They're, they're putting that in the words of Booker T. They're putting that rocket on him. They're trying to shoot him to the moon, right? So then Juan Adams, he's been doing his thing, but he lost his fight, his his previous fight before the the this Hardy fight. So he's coming in here and a fighter that that made some noise. But at this point in your career, you need some wins. You gotta you gotta you know what I mean? It's hard climbing up that ladder. And then losing to Greg Hardy and falling way back down. It's going to be a hard road. Yeah. So build, coming up to it, he's talked a big game. You sold Wolf tickets. Wolf tickets for and, – and, and some people, and I know when you talk a big game and you say you're going to do something and you go up there and it was – you didn't do it. It's, it's the fight game. People lose. Don't get me wrong. People lose. Masvidal knocked out Askren in seconds. People lose. But in the form you lose and, and how you rocked it leading up to it, 
You know what I mean? You talked a big game and you were talking about Hardy off outside of the octagon and whatnot and how you believe that he was getting shots that he should. And, and I agree. I, I, I want to see Hardy get his head knocked off. And I actually had money on you, Juan. So it's, but I had money on the under and I made more money on that. So it's not like I'm even mad about losing. We won. But at the end of the day, man. This goes for just in general. Askren, whenever he got knocked out, these guys go up there and they talk these big games. And, and to go out there and get punched 31 times, they counted. 31 times, you went to the ground, grabbed his leg, and for whatever reason just held on to it. Hardy pounded the side of his head until he couldn't get hit no longer. And then he gets up and I guess still a little dazed. He said he wanted to continue. And, I, yeah, of course, the first thing to do is go to Twitter and say, Man, I'm sorry. I was a little dazed, but of course, I would. When I lose a big bet, you know, when I go back to Twitter, I'm before that game. I'm posting music videos, getting everybody hyped. After, I got my tail between my legs, and I'm like, "Hey guys, yeah. uh, let's see if we could clean it up here." Um, and that's what you got to do. Again, nothing against him outside of the octagon, but but inside, that's two underwhelming fights. Uh, to lose to Greg Hardy like that after you talk that big game, and and like I said, Greg Hardy, turned, we know one because. He's a friend of station. He's from Houston. But like Greg Hardy said, I don't even know that guy. Like, I'll fight him again if he wants. Now it's going to be a road. You don't get that. They're going to shoot him up the road. He's got that rocket on him. Hardy's going up. Now you got to, you ain't going to get that shot. And again, I, it was more disappointed, I guess. Uh, I saw on Twitter a lot of disappointment. The fans, uh, they still got your back. Houston's got your back, man. I know that you're a fan of the, the, sh- uh, the, the station and you call in, but. At the end of the day, those were wolf tickets, and it's got to be called out, and we're going to be doing that all throughout season, not just for, for fights. If somebody sold you wolf tickets, if, if Jerry sold you wolf tickets, hey, go ahead, call me out. I sold you wolf tickets last night on Thurman. I told you Thurman was going to win that fight. It didn't go as such, and here I am. But, again, one's probably going to come out and say, man, I will choke hold your little five-foot nothing. <laughs> yeah, you probably will, but that's not my craft. My craft is gambling. So if you want to do that, then we can sit at a poker table, and we'll see how that goes. At the end of the day, we got we to gotta put it all on the table. When we get back, let's get in a little something funny, a little something uh, less tight. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Get the latest and best content on where to go, what to do, where to eat, and where to drink. Go to culturemap.com. 